We the ones they talking about. Broadway Sports Media. Justin and Justin Titans podcast show. Some of it was bad, but hopefully you'll you probably piece something together. Outstanding. There's an earthquake in the middle of the podcast. Unbelievable. We're begging for listeners. That's all we do. We all we got. Hey, Titans on three. One, two, three. Welcome, everybody, into another episode of the Music City Audible Podcast, brought to you by Broadway Sports Media, partnered with 440 Sports. I'm Justin Graver. Joining me, as always, Justin Mello. How are you doing tonight, Justin? Doing well. Really enjoyed, you know, last week's episode, running through Harold Landry and and David Kissingberry and Jayon Brown. And we got another three, you know, interesting cases and players to debate today. That's right. So if you missed last week's episode, here's what we're doing. We're talking through the Titans free agents to be free agency opening middle of March. And we are going to cover the guys that the Titans may or may not lose stand to be free agents. If you missed that, check out the last episode in your feed covering Harold Landry, John Brown and David Questenberry. This week, today, we are going to cover three more guys, Ben Jones, Rashawn Evans, Anthony Ferkser. And then next week, we're going to wrap up the series by covering the other 22 unrestricted restricted and exclusive rights free agents to be for the titans running through all 22 names and really touching on the more noteworthy ones with a few comments and thoughts about who we think might be back more guys than you think of those free agents played pretty significant roles for the titans roles a lot of guys anyway let's get into this week's episode starting with ben jones ben jones starting center for the titans one of two offensive linemen that actually started all 17 games and the playoff game, the other one being David Questenberry, who we covered in-depth last week. So go check that episode out if you missed it. But Ben Jones, Spotrack has no projected market value for him. He came to the Titans on a three-year deal, signed a two-year extension, and um, cap hit last year was $7.25 million on a two-year $13 million extension. So... He is going to be a free agent. Again, no projected market value for him. The veteran was with Mike Vrabel in Houston, has been the Titans center for – he's basically like their center now. He's been he's, – he's the guy, right? So <laughs> I would say um, just my initial thoughts. I think Ben Jones is back. What do you think? I think Ben Jones is back as well. I'd be pretty surprised if he wasn't. This is a guy they absolutely love. Feels like he's the identity and leader, right? And and then they talk about how important he is and how smart he is and just lives, breathes, shits <laughs> football. You know what I mean? Like that's that's Ben Jones, right? The the pregame barefoot walk, no matter where they are. Like this is just a freaking football player at the end of the day. They love him. Mike Vrabel loves him. John Robinson loves him. He's continued to play at a high level. I would argue, and I don't even think it's a controversial thing to say, he was their best offensive lineman in 2021. Certainly yeah. their most consistent, right? Well, guys like Nate Davis were struggling on the right side and Kissinger didn't have a very good year. And Taylor Luan was struggling in his first year back. And Roger Saffold was in and out of every game, essentially with injury. Ben Jones was there. Like you said, he was healthy. He was terrific played at a high level. He's not going to be uh, expensive to keep either. Like you're talking about, he signed a two year 13, uh, I think it was what? 13.2.3 million dollar extension uh, in 2020. Now he's getting older. Think about it. Like when he signed that deal, he was already a really good center, right? So it's not like he's played way better now and his value has gone up. No, I would say his value is about the same. The only thing that's really changed is he's going to be 33 years older, right? Yeah. Like the value might have slightly diminished, right? So I, I, 
think you you do a very similar deal with Ben Jones. If you can get him back for like two years, 12 million, and you only guarantee that first year, I think just because he is getting older and you want to protect yourself in case injuries start to rear their head or his play falls off a cliff, like it happens as guys get older. Um, I, I think that's a no-brainer. You do a two-year deal and only guarantee that first year, which yeah, obviously is 2022. I think that, that is a no-brainer. Talk about veteran leadership a lot with last week's episode with the guys set to hit free agency. And, I mean, nobody epitomizes that more than Ben Jones. It's not just what he does for the for the offensive line as, as a leader or whatever, but he's the guy who calls out the protections. He helps Ryan Tannehill make adjustments. He says things. I always remember this. I think Taylor Lewan said this on a Bustin' with the Boys or some something, and I've brought this up on an episode before. But on plays where it's going to be a shot play downfield, Ben Jones will say something like, "If you just hold your block for one extra second on this play, we're scoring a touchdown." Because while the play calls are long and complicated, and most players are listening for the position group that they're in for that section of the play call. Ben Jones is listening to the whole thing, listening to the protection, the routes, the formation, all of it, and he he knows the playbook backwards and forwards, and he knows when it's going to be a shot play that could score a touchdown, and he says those little things, and like, those are important things, and that's what we mean when we talk about the importance of veteran leadership, so I think Ben Jones is absolute, he really is, Such he's, a, good he's a lot better than I think Titans fans gave him credit for when he first signed with Tennessee's, I think he really has earned respect yeah. in his time here. And and Vrabel was with him in Houston, right? Sorry, just uh, like yeah. that's like they love the guy, right? And and he's one of the better centers in the league, right? Like center play, not a lot of it's great true. center play in the NFL. Like you'd be surprised. I think if you start going around the league, like I think Ben Jones is undeniably yeah, maybe, in the top ten, probably right. And I'm not saying he's five, one or honestly. two, but I mean, he's a probably, great center right now. Yeah, so, like it's really really good player, not expensive to keep. It's no it's brainer. The only concern opinion. is the potential injuries building up, but he's a guy like we said started all 17 games. He plays through everything. He's going to be 33 this season and that's older, but offensive linemen out of all position groups in the NFL, offensive linemen and kickers and maybe quarterbacks age the most gracefully. So I think you know, he he has two more years in him if he wants to play. I think that that is exactly what will happen. Let's talk about the next guy. Maybe a player who won't be back. Who knows? Rashawn Evans, linebacker for the Titans. First round pick, 22 overall. Titans actually traded up for Rashawn Evans the same year they drafted Harold Landry. Did not pick up the fifth-year option, which would have paid him $9.735 million for 2022, thankfully, in my opinion. Um, He was actually made inactive for the Titans' playoff game against the Bengals. Healthy scratch because the team said, no, thank you. We do not want Rashawn Evans uh, to be active for this game. Jayon Brown was up. He was active over Jayon Brown in the Week 18 game against Houston, but then he was inactive. And Rashawn Evans, I mean, litany of bonehead plays over the years, jumping over offensive linemen and taking himself out of the action completely hitting the wrong hole punching players in the face and getting ejected in the Titans season opener against the broncos in 2020 just a player that has been frustrating and uh never really seemed to reach the potential he showed in alabama rashawn evans is gone i'm sorry it's a simple one here rashawn evans is gone do you agree yeah, I, I can't imagine a world in where he's back. I mean, unless, again, it's super cheap, like what happened to Jayon Brown last year, the Titans tell him, hey, we got 
two, two and a half million dollars for you. You go see what you can find. And if you can't find nothing, come back and let us know. Like, that's what I think this at best, right? Like, that, that's his best chance at coming back. Like a guy that's not very instinctual, right? Hasn't, hasn't played fast uh, enough. Hasn't really, you know, been that guy that they thought he was capable of becoming. And then, uh, you know, you look at what he does in pass coverage, it's essentially terrible, truthfully, right? And the way the league is constantly trending, it's a pass-happy league. It's going to continue going in that direction. It's not going to change. First career not interse- a lot of value there, right? A, a two-down linebacker First career doesn't have great this year against Patrick Mahomes. What about that? It's a hell of an <laughs> interception, too, right? He got any one-handed or showed great hand-eye coordination. But it was great. It was great hand-eye yeah. coordination yeah. from what I remember. Um I, I, I can't imagine he's back. Like, I, I think he ends up signing a one-year prove-it deal elsewhere in hopes of a team that's really weak at linebacker. And there are teams out there, right? Like uh, the Atlanta Falcons, you know, don't be shocked. You know, they don't have a great cap situation. Arthur Smith knows them well, obviously. Like, I look at the Green Bay Packers where uh, I, I think Matt LaFleur was already in Tennessee mm-hmm. when Rashawn Evans was here. You know, they, they've got a bit of a tough cap situation. If they can't re-sign their linebacker, Devondre Campbell, who had who exploded this year and is going to command huge money, um, you know, I, I see one of those teams maybe taking a flyer on Rashawn. I think Evans is a guy who will be wanting a fresh start also. Remember, he started 2021 as a starter. Like, he started the first seven games of the season. He got hurt, came back from his injury, and wasn't a starter anymore and was inactive for the playoff game as a healthy scratch, lost his job to Zach Cunningham. I, I don't see any way Rashawn Evans wants to be back. Jim Hazlitt famously said that he plays like a guy with his hair on fire. Well, guess what, Jim Hazlitt? Rashawn Evans doesn't have any hair. So he can't. And Jim Hazlitt's like been him. fired. So and Jim, and Jim Hazlitt's been fired. So good riddance to both of them. I think uh, we won't see either person back in Tennessee. One more player to cover on this episode, and he is Anthony Ferkser, a find by this Titans regime a few years back. A guy who played way above expectation for where he came from as an undrafted free agent out of Harvard that the Titans signed off the Jets practice squad. Had a chance last year with the departure of Jonu Smith to really step into a leading role as a, as a receiver and a tight end who played a lot of snap, who could have played a lot of snaps and uh, ended up disappointing, I think, massively this year. Played 33% of the offensive snaps, racked up 34 catches for 291 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, disappointing numbers overall. He took a step back in yards uh, from from 2020. He did score one more touchdown. Played 15 games and only only had 291 yards in the regular season. So uh, career-high two touchdowns in four years. <laughs> but I think that after signing a one-year, $3 million restricted free agent tender in the, in the last offseason, I think that Ferkser is probably going to be on a new team in 2022. I think this is just a position the Titans need to upgrade. They need a dynamic playmaker at tight end. There's a ton of free agent guys hitting the market at the tight end position that we'll cover on a future episode. I just think the Titans are going to be going after one of those guys here to, to upgrade their big slot tight end position and find someone who can contribute as a blocker and not come off the field on rundowns because I think that was Ferkser's biggest problem. He wasn't the same kind of chain mover this season as he was last season. He wasn't a third down machine. Less receptions, less yards, like I said. Less yards per catch, too. I think Ferkser's gone. I think so, too. I mean, that like those numbers are wildly disappointing, right? You're talking about 2.2 catches per game 
at 19 yards per game. You, you said that he his yards total went down this year compared to 2020. When you it perfectly captures the disappointment of his year. That's insane considering they had John Smith the year before right. and his departure, you know, catapulted Furtzer was supposed to at least catapult Furtzer into a starring role, right? Like the, the the tight end group in general is so disappointing in 2021. We can't stretch that enough. I think you got to rid yourselves of the whole stink, man. Like I, I think you you essentially got to start fresh at the position, right? And that kind of starts with getting rid of Furkser, uh, not allowing him back, basically not making an attempt to resign him, going out, signing a tight end in free agency, and drafting one as well, right? I think you need to double dip at the tight end position this offseason. It was that bad. I just can't imagine a world where Furkser is back. And uh, check out my article. I wrote about a week ago now, so you'll have to go back a little on broadwaysportsmedia.com uh, where I identified Hayden Hurst as a potential target in free agency, kind of go through there. And I also wrote a similar article for the Draft Network, different in structure, uh, where I was asked to identify a tight end in free agency. And because I wanted to write about a different player, I didn't want to copy myself, uh, I wrote about O.J. Howard with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I think that's another guy uh, that they could look to, a guy that's versatile, can can play in the passing game, is a threat up the seam, is a good run blocker as well. Kind of got lost in the shuffle there in Tampa with, of course, Rob Gronkowski unexpectedly coming out of retirement a few years ago to play with Brady. And then Cameron Brait was there as well. So I think Howard and Hurst would represent uh, cost-effective uh, moves that could really help move the needle forward at the position. You pair one of those guys with a draft pick, a, a second, third, fourth round draft pick, I, I think you're in business. You probably get more production out of that uh, than what you did from these guys in 2021, Furkser included. Yeah, I, t- I totally agree. And when you look at the tight end group from last year, like you mentioned, we'll get more into this next week's episode when we cover the rest of the free agents. But Michael Pruitt and Jeff Swaim, also free agents. And just a, a really way to sum up what Ferkser, how limited Ferkser is um, in, with his inability to really be an effective blocker, Jeff Swaim played 60% of offensive snaps last year. Anthony Ferkser played 33, basically half the snaps that Jeff Swaim played. And, I mean, we're talking about Jeff Swaim. When, when you say you need a dynamic playmaker, I don't think there is a more ap- accurate opposite representation <laughs> than Jeff Swaim. Um, I don't think any of them come back. I think you're right. You just this is a group you just got to revamp, top to bottom. Draft picks, free agents, undrafted free agents, the whole the whole shebang here for a new tight end group in 2022. Anything else to say on Ferkser? I mean, this is a guy who was like a, went from a fan favorite to a guy that fans were like, all right, I'm over this one, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean. Uh not you know not producing when when thrusted into a more starring role or you're expected to be thrusted into a more starring role will have that effect right uh fans are loyal to production more so than anything right and as they yeah. should be right uh yeah i mean we covered two guys on this episode i thought this was a good diverse episode because we started with ben jones we pounded the table for absolutely has to be back and we ended with two guys and rashawn evans and um and anthony furster who i think we both agree uh, shouldn't be back and probably won't be. Yeah, I don't think Ferkser signs a deal worth more than $3 million on the open market next year, which is his what his re- restricted free agent tender was. That's a lot of money for a guy who, who like you said, two catches for 19 yards on average per game, per game which is uh, not, not very – for a guy who only catches passes. Like, like that's your job. Catch right, passes. He doesn't block. He, he yeah. doesn't block. So I think, like you said, fans are loyal to production. And 
until they see it, they always want the guy to get the chance. Trey McBride, give him a chance. But when the guy does get the chance, like Ferkser did this year, and doesn't produce. So it was such like, a lovable UDFA out of Harvard, right? Like yeah, it was so really easy was. to fall in love with him early. Mike Herndon, right? The number one he fan. He spotted him at, at training camp that one The Anthony Ferkser fan club. Hey, Mike can take credit for it. The guy stuck around for a couple of years, right? Like yeah. He was a good find for for what he was then, and you know it was just crazy because he went to that tight end U thing with with George Kittle and Travis Kelsey and all those other guys that put on that big tight end U thing at and uh, Gre- uh, Greg Olson in right outside of Nashville at at Kittle's big compound thing, and we were like, man, Ferkser's gonna go learn from the best tight ends. He's gonna come back. He's gonna know how to block. He's gonna be a, a player for this team, and it just didn't materialize this year. And you know, he's a big slot, right? He's, he, yeah. he's poor man's Mike Isecki. But what's crazy about it is that the team, I think, as much as fans were wanting him to take the next step, the team was counting on it because they didn't go into the year with any anyone else that could play an every down role. I mean, they didn't do anything at tight end. They, they didn't even do, draft one, right? <laughs> like, do you think they planned Moore? preseason for Jeff Swaim to play sixty percent of offensive snaps? <laughs> and they brought Pruitt back so late in the game too, right? Like right. it was a late signing. So yeah, after he had like talks with San Francisco that didn't end up happening. I think Didn't they bring Stalker back at one point in training camp. Did they? They, I think they did. They were trying to find anybody at to be yeah. the blocking tight end guy there. And I mean, you talk about we we talk about a lot like get your best eleven on the field. Like Jeff Swain playing sixty percent of snaps. That is not your best eleven ever. I don't care who the who the top ten. I mean, that is not your best eleven. I don't care who's hurt. Jeff Swain is not in your best 11. He can't be. He's not good. If a, I mean, routinely getting abused when trying to block, undynamic after the catch, and the Titans were running screens to him. Like, what What are we doing? This is well, a Let's save some of this for the Jeff Swaim episode next right. week, should we? I'm totally in. I'm totally but I'll, but I'll say this, because since you made that point on this episode, and I want people to listen or listen to this point. Can you imagine the teams you're competing with in the AFC for the Super Bowl? Can you imagine Jeff Swain being one of the best 11 on the Kansas City Chiefs or the Buffalo Bills or the Cincinnati Bengals for that matter? Yeah, right. It's just crazy. So that's a position that gets overhauled this offseason, I think. It's probably the Titans' biggest need. We discussed that a couple episodes back about finding tight ends, and I think it's going to be free agents. That's what that's one of the things you got to create money for here is to sign a, a premium free agent t- at the tight end. And I don't think Dalton Schultz is the guy because he's going to get massively overpaid, but the guys you mentioned are great candidates, and there's a bunch of guys. We can get into that. In and, a and that's why like premium here. is a strong word, right? Like it doesn't. It's not going to cost you a premium. You just need right. a proven veteran that can – play in every role for you exactly so that's it that'll do it all right we did it three more guys on this episode we're going to end it here and next week we will finish up this series talking about titans free agents to be by covering the other 22 getting more in depth on the guys that actually matter and skipping over to the guys that don't so come back next week for that episode uh, until then Graver's going to hit me with some rapid fire next week. I feel like you're going you're gonna to throw names at me. You got the list. I'm, I'm not going to pull up the list. Surprise me. Hit me with rapid fire, and we'll just go. And we'll go, and I'll say yes or no, and you'll say, mm, that's an interesting one. Let's talk about it. And then we'll do that for <laughs> Sounds like something like I would say. five out of the 22 guys. All right, that'll do it for this episode. Find Justin on Twitter. Look for the, the draft interview series that's coming out, the draft network analysis, the Hayden Hurst articles, and more to come on broadwaysportsmedia.com at Justin M underscore NFL. Follow me at Titans Film Room. From the Combine in Indianapolis, signing off this week. It's a fun week for me. Um, You guys stay safe out there. We'll be back next week to finish this series. Until then, tighten up. 
Broadway Sports Media Production.